Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast and YouTube. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike. I'm joined, as always, by the master of receipts, NYJ Matt. And Matt, the New York Jets are officially eliminated from the 2022 playoffs. They will not have a winning season. And the 7-4 and four start that was very promising has fallen into sadness and despair. Yeah, I'm not ready for the season to end yet. It is a, a true gut punch, and it's really like you blink and look back and say, what the fuck happened? Uh, it's tough to go back and look at the last five games, but I think the most important thing I took away from it is, is it wasn't just quarterback. It wasn't just defense. It wasn't just coaching. It was everything combined, top-down, and organizational failure in the five-week period. You lose two games up front against playoff teams, and you say, hey, you know, you have three winnable games against the Lions, Jaguars, and Seahawks to rally around and save your season, and they don't get it done. So like I said, offense, uh, abysmal. Defense can't force a turnover. Uh, and then overall coaching decisions that were made that I don't agree with. And even look at Douglas, like the James Robinson-like trade um, doesn't really pan out. So you can look at everything. My biggest takeaway, though, is you can still look back at the season with good. There was a lot of good that happened while still saying that was a brutal end to the season that isn't going to sit right with me for weeks on weeks because it, it feels like we let an opportunity go by. It does. It was one of those things where it was like a good personal relationship that you, you feel good about. There, you know, think about the, the Jets Bears game where everything finally clicks. You know, your, your offense is humming. The defense is top five in the league. You have just impact guys everywhere, people playing at levels that we hoped for, including Quinn Williams and Sauce and DJ Reed and uh, you know, and then it all comes crumbling down. And, and while it's happening, you're just hoping you're saying, hey, man, you know, this team has a lot of talent. It's a it's a winnable schedule. You have a chance. And then when it doesn't happen, like you said, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like the season should be over. Um, and it's it's just devastating stuff. And, th and then just to, to look forward, you know, you have to look at the AFC, which is completely loaded. You know, you have six quarterbacks that that I count that are going to be dangerous now and moving forward in Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, um, Lamar Jackson, if he stays in Baltimore, and um, who's the sixth guy? I'm missing someone obvious. Herbert. Herbert, thank you. And then you have guys yeah. – yeah, and then you have guys like even though we know Russell Wilson had a terrible year – you would take him on a Sunday like he looked great against the – or the Broncos looked pretty relevant against the Chiefs yesterday. But a lot of people are going to look back, Mike, and point to the Hall and AVT injuries in Denver, which obviously, right, it, it's a huge factor. And you look at their record and how yeah. they perform without them. It, it does impact well, it. Of course but, it does. I mean, think about this. The Jets' defense, like we were talking about, had such a terrific year. If you take away the two best defensive players – if Quinnen and Sauce go down for the year in week seven, is the defense going to finish top five? The answer is no. I mean, so it's vicious. Those are brutal, brutal injuries in the same time in the same game. Uh, and it was hard to overcome. And 
if they weren't able to overcome just what five and two with them and two and seven without. Yeah. But I do think there, there was a, a short term versus a long term impact when they got hurt because they get hurt. And then the jets, the next game have a prime opportunity to beat new England. They end up losing by five, even though they were down two scores, that penalty that we always look back on was a brutal call. And maybe it's 17, three and that game plays out differently. Then they beat the bills at home, lose a great, a great defensive game against the Patriots where they let up, three points and they end up losing 10 to three on the punt return and then they beat the bears. So you're two and two without them for a, at least a moment. Um, and that's the short term impact where the judges did survive and move forward. The long term impact is everything in the last five weeks just fell apart. So look, it's a, it's a true X factor, but I think, I think there's a lot more to it than just losing your two best offensive guys. Is it the biggest thing? Probably. Right. Well, but there, yeah, I would have, mm-hmm. I would have said there were three turning points in the season and, you mentioned two of them just now, and they're back-to-back weeks, the Broncos game and the Patriots game. You know, you can combine that into one mid-season kind of turning point. But, you know, it, I tweeted out today, if Michael Carter's pick six stands, you know, the Jets are probably six and two, the Patriots are probably three and five, and you don't lose that tiebreaker. And what are the odds that we're sitting here talking, you know, with New England in the playoffs and the Jets not? So, you know, brutal stuff. And then the other one is when, the Jets are sitting at seven and four after all that. They had just, uh, you know, and you're about to play in Buffalo and in Minnesota. Uh, and Mike White plays those two games, but then gets hurt. So that's the other one where, you know, if you have a healthy Mike White, which he clearly wasn't yesterday, talking about the, the Seahawks game. If you have a healthy Mike White for the Lions and Jaguars games, who knows what happens in those games? Yeah, I, I figure you win at least one of those those games. Maybe you have some more momentum. Things feel a lot differently. So it, it's just, you know, when if fans want to sit back and say this whole season's a, a disappointment, I understand. Jets have made the playoffs in 12 years. You're sitting at seven and four. Not only you're five and two, you're six and three, and you're seven and four. So there's three separate times you're three games over five hundred and you don't get it done. I people want to have said i understand but you know it's not a straight collapse as 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 most people are saying in my opinion you know losing your starting quarterback at the time in the midst of the stretch run very difficult yeah you have to be able to pivot to new information like i'll tell you this the jets win total is four and a half they very well can get eight um they could double it and you could look back and say okay well in the beginning of the year we would have taken that and then you change your mind when you're five and two five and three right it it, it does have an impact right so your expectations yeah, it should, can shift. It should. Expectations do and can change. But, exactly. You know. So that's why the season isn't an utter disgrace. Is it horrible um, to look at the last five weeks? Absolutely. I do think there's a huge difference. And we've watched the Jets long enough where we know when a team quits. We know when a team gives up. When you roll over, lose 40 to 3. Um, we've seen that happen a lot. Uh, I think the lamest thing you can do as a fan is when the going gets tough to just say, our team is a bunch of soft loser millionaires who don't care. I don't think the Jets lacked effort in their five games. Did they lack preparation, execution, all of that? Yes. Um, Look at the five-game losing streak, the first two very winnable games that they didn't get away with, and then the final three, they played terrible. So can't you just take a step back and say, look, they played bad from every level, coaching down to the players, but they don't always have to be these pathetic, soft losers. They don't care. And the growing sentiment of that, and from big accounts too, down to 
the the minor fans just everyone seems to want to kill this team rightfully so for losing but i don't i don't know about the effort there's one play yesterday where the uh, big run happened where Mosley looked like he was jogging it's one it's one play mike i don't know i i think it, i think it's a very lame and easy take to just throw your hands up and say they don't care yeah i never got that impression with this team this team played good football for almost the entirety of the season you could point out the, the Bengals and Ravens games in the beginning of the year were tough. And then the last two games of the season to this point, the Jaguars and Seahawks games were extremely tough. But in between that, you know, you play what? 11, 12 intense 60 minute football games where the Jets had a chance to win every single game, either did win or had a chance to win. So, you know, I never got that impression with this team. This is the most entertaining season since 2015. You know, things went well for a lot of the year. It's obviously not the result that you want, but to to look back on this team and feel such hard negativity, you know, and it's just these people are – things have been built up for 12 years. Uh, We also watched the last 12 years, and, you know, nothing good ultimately happens, but it's just – it's tough, and, and that's the NFL, and there's 32 teams and very, very competitive. Um, look at this year. most Almost every team was, was alive until second, third, last week of the season. So, you know, everyone's trying to win. There are 12 teams who have never won a Super Bowl. I, I know a lot of fans are not going to be satisfied, you know, until the Jets do win a Super Bowl, which makes sense. You know, that's the ultimate goal. But, you know, incremental progress. Finally, the Jets won four games last year. They – have been absolute dumpster fire since 2015 and and this is just not one of those seasons so you know have to appreciate this team and and you know you have the betting favorite to win rookie of the year on offense and defense you have core guys who are 25 or younger who will be here for a long time who are absolute studs they have a gm who i think is competent they have a head coach who i think is competent so it, you know you're you're essentially plug-and-play quarterback in a couple of non-essential positions like middle linebacker, safety help, um, you know, like a run-stuffing defensive tackle away from being a legitimate contender yeah. for a lot of years. So I- I'm excited, but it's it's I understand why people are, you know, down in the dumps. No, a lot of people are going to say, miss me with the silver lining. That's perfectly fine. You can have that take. I, I-, I would not kill you for having that take. Um but there was a moment last year when the Jets were in, in a bit of a tailspin where you took a look, a step back and you're like, who are you rooting for in this team? Like looking at the team itself and the field, the players they put on the field, it didn't feel right. And now you take a look at this team and you root for a sauce gardener, DJ Reed, who again had an unbelievable Sunday. Look at Quentin Williams, who's having an all pro year. Mosley's a pro bowler. You have young pass rushers who are getting after it. On the offensive side, you have Garrett Wilson, who's going to be offensive rookie of the year. You have Bam Knight, an undrafted guy. So I'm looking at the field yesterday, and I'm like, damn, I really like this team and these players. They just aren't getting it done right now. And we're going to have a full three-hour podcast to wrap up the year and do a full Megapod and talk about all of this and what we should do moving forward. But it it just felt like the lights went out too early um, on this season. I really thought, yeah, think this team is good enough to be in the playoffs um, and and even be in contention in the final Sunday where even if you need a few things to happen, you can sneak in. And the fact that we don't even have that now and we're in the position that we are is not a great feeling. The other biggest takeaway, yeah. Mike, is is the, the sentiment around firing Coach Salah, which uh, I don't think is it's larger than I thought it would be, but I don't think that's 
anywhere near the consensus of Jets fans. But um, thoughts on the the growing sentiment that that people want Coach Sala potentially canned? Yeah, look, I, I don't see it. I'm not firing Sala. You know, like you said, Jets are going to double their win total or be around doubling their win total. Sala took, even though he was a coach last year, he's the 31st, 32nd defense in the league. And the Jets, uh, I would argue, are top five defense this year. And they are by most statistical metrics. So, you know, that that's what you wanted Sala to do. He's been terrific leader of men, in my opinion. He's made – the only weird comments I think he's made are, you know, maybe around Zach Wilson in a very difficult spot. The Jets don't want to – completely give up on their number two pick, you know, even though it seems like the obvious thing to do. So I think Salah's done a terrific job. He's handled some weird situations well, like the Elijah Moore requesting a trade, put that to bed. Um, he's very professional. He's a family guy. Uh, and and I'm happy that he's going to be the coach moving forward. I don't think he gets fired at all. Me neither. No, I, I don't. I actually, I actually like his clock management too. I thought he was, you know, there were a couple of weird things in a couple of games the lions game comes to mind the end of that game Jets do get a long field goal off not good enough um but there were some end of half timeout usages early in games that i really enjoyed solid trying to get an extra possession he did the same thing on sunday against seattle the jets in their own end zone with like 40 seconds i've tried to score i thought it was gutsy i thought he went for it on fourth down usually uh to to my liking so you know Overall, I thought Salah had a very good year. I I agree, and then I, I I am definitely on the boat of not firing him. I don't think you can recycle coaches every two years. Are there moments to do so? Absolutely. I don't think this is one of them. Um, yeah, we wanted Jace fired after the second year. We right. do not want Salah fired the second year. He's a leader of men. He's not a scumbag. Does he deserve some blame for the last five games of the year? I think so. Is it difficult to win? Uh, you know essentially playoff games is what the Jets have been playing the last couple of weeks against teams in similar situations in the Lions, Jaguars, and Seahawks. And, you know, your quarterback goes down. Difficult, not an excuse, you know, for the way the defense came out flat when they had not all season. So, you know, there's stuff, there's that weird defensive line rotation that works sometimes and sometimes is very annoying, but a lot to discuss, but I, I'm not in favor of getting rid of this uh, regime in our organization. Yeah. And then you do, have to and we might not be on the same page on this one you have to shake something up um i'm not saying and and there i think there will be a sacrificial lamb i it's tough to say it's Ulbrich, even though it's been a bad second half of the year where they're not forcing turnovers they're giving up points in inopportune times uh, but you still technically have on paper a top 10 defense and then you look on the offense side of the ball like do you want to break continuity with the young guys there um and move on the floor which is which right now is probably the consensus take. And I know you're more on the LaFleur side. I think regardless, you need to bring someone in like a Frank Wright as a, as a QB coach or an offensive assistant, just bring an adult into the building um, to stabilize that side of the ball. Uh, so Mike uh, LaFleur Ulbrich, I think you're going to be on the side of keep them, but give me, give me your, your thoughts on it. Yeah. Look, if you looked at this season overall and you told me the Jets are playing with three different quarterbacks, you know, and, they're going to throw for 4,000 yards. Uh, I thought there were times when the offense looked pretty good. I like LeFleur. I'm not going to die on the hill of keeping him, but, you know, there, there's been all the talk of guys running open down the field. Um, there were a couple of clunkers this year, and, and you know, in must-win games when you're putting up three and six points, hard to swallow, but, you know, you're playing with 
six different offensive tackles, multiple different quarterbacks, running backs, you know, guys being shuffled around. It's close. Uh, I, I prefer LaFleur. I like his, his tendency breaking style. I think that if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm not really sure what the Jets are going to do. It felt like the Jets moved the ball well. You know, Mike White comes in, you average about 400 yards per game. So I, I would be happy to keep LaFleur. Ulbrich, it's, it's weird to, to fire him after the defense, you know, it's a top five defense in the league. But again, you know, down the stretch, it's not like the Jets are allowing 35, 40 points in, in some of these games. But, you know, couldn't get off the field on third down. It's the same stuff over and over again. I feel like there was a lack of flexibility. So, you know, we kind of, as fans, highlighted the problems. The Jets' offense can move the ball between the 20s, has trouble scoring, you know, certain protection issues. The defense can't get off the field on third down, can never stop a QB sneak or a short yard situation. So, and it's the same thing all year. So maybe, you know, if the Jets do want to make a move, I understand, but I don't know, you know, Going into the season again with these expectations, I don't know what the Jets set their goal for this year, but I don't think it was a playoff mandate. So, you, if you do come out and win seven, eight games and miss the playoffs, you know, in week 17, and then you go out and fire guys, it doesn't, you know, probably align with the preseason expectations, but things are fluid. And I think I would understand either way. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Obviously, a move will be made after the year. Um, but I do not foresee a, a GM or head coach movement from this team. Uh, the last thing we didn't talk too much about the actual game itself yet. Mike White, definitely, um, not a good performance. The offensive line, uh, not really either. I just feel like out of sync at times, uh, guys running free. The running game from Ty Johnson looked pretty good. Bandai had a few, but Michael Carter, only one carry that just continues his sophomore slump. Receivers didn't do much, but Tyler Conklin had a good game. And then defensively, it just felt like giving up points in opportune times, giving up gash plays, not forcing turnover, not getting off the field. Mike, give me your quick recap on on how the, the Sunday game went. Yeah, it's a similar game to the last couple where, you know, it felt like although the other team didn't score a ton of points, Seattle, you know, 20 points, it felt like they could move up and down the field. The Jets' run defense has been suspect definitely a big run stopping run stuffing defensive tackle um to pair with you know some of these guys in the interior just to to knock that out of the way but man you know it just right from the get-go you know 60 yard run to start the day for seattle three play 75 yard drive right up to jets you know vaunted defense i think that's what samini tweeted and i'm you know already pissing me off <laughs> Two minutes into the game, you know, Jets let up a touchdown. You have to watch Samini tweet, you know, oh, the Jets want the defense let up a touchdown immediately. Uh, and it just didn't feel right. So, Geno Smith having a terrific year. Uh, Mike White was clearly not himself, but man, you know, how great. Just so beat down. Just so beat down. It's really and, tough. And we'll bring back the positive vibes. We're the we're like the most yeah, positive yeah, fans you yeah. can ask for, but you 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 need to feel sorry for yourself for at least forty eight hours after <laughs> the season ends. This is a hard one, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a elimination game, man. It's that's tough, and just you know, really, I really convinced. I thought this year the Jets were going to get in there and make some trouble. You know, after the Bills games, you held the Bills to, to thirty two points in two games. Like you play with anybody, had some really nice wins, um, and then for this to be the outcome is 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 just very it's disappointing, and it's I I feel for the team because I you know it could have been a very magical special year. 
a la 2009. Um, instead, I tweeted out earlier, it reminds me more of 2008 now, where that team was eight and three. Uh, a lot of good building blocks, really good drafts the last three years prior to it. And then, you know, you finish nine and seven, miss the playoffs. Jets obviously missed the playoffs this year. So uh, it's really it's such a gut punch. Yesterday was horrific. It just didn't feel like the Jets were going to win that game at any point. And that is one of the reasons why people are upset with Salah. And I, you know, you have to understand. Yeah, they didn't come up for the biggest three games that you can have, right? They didn't come up for it. They didn't play up for it. And then the 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 final thought is around, obviously, now looking ahead to the draft. I hope that the final week, uh, Sauce plays well, Garrett Wilson plays well. I'm very curious to what they're going to actually do at quarterback um, in the final week. But Mike, we're at the spot That's now. That's a good question. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What exactly <laughs> I, I have no or... idea what the fuck they're going to do. But I'm going it, to that game too, which is just disturbing. Oh, I forgot <laughs> you. Were, I forgot you were going to that. Um, yeah. But in a, in a weird scenario, if the Jets are in a, 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 a spot when it comes to the tiebreaker, they have by far the best strength of schedule out of the top fifteen teams. Um, that at least, I mean, the Bears had the toughest, but they're so bad that the Jets obviously doesn't matter for them. So realistically, the the Saints, Titans, and Browns win next week, and the Jets lose. They have a tenth pick of the draft. Um, so the the Jets are probably going to end up. I'm guessing um, with a top twelve pick if they do lose. Um, and then you look at the the positions of need. You look at offensive line, linebacker, and safety. Get the best guy and and really start hitting it in free agency and getting a quarterback here. So I uh, I think there are times. It's not always. Hey, when you're one in nine and mathematically eliminated, you should lose every single game. And I, I'm not always on that that side, especially if you have a young ascending quarterback. But the Jets don't have and that young ascending team. Yeah, right. I, I just yeah. I, I'm fine with the Jets losing on Sunday. I really don't care. Um, I what I don't want to happen is the Jets get the 17th, um, pick in the draft. Very very similar to when the you know the year that they get Calvin Pryor right in a lost <laughs> year that they won games and you're like what could have been right. That might have been the year that OBJ was like picked three spots higher. I don't know. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying though. But I'm I'm rooting for a loss, but I'm not gonna be like, don't score. Why the fuck did Garrett Wilson dive into pylon at the last second? Like that's the players are gonna want to win. The coach is gonna want to win. You can't change that. But I can sit back and say, yeah, it's the best thing for them to lose. Yes, I mean objectively, of course, it's smarter to lose this game and get a higher pick when there's nothing at stake to win. If the Jets do win, you know, hopefully the Young guys play well, and and then at least you can go into the off season not, uh, you know, you're seven and four, and you finish you know, on a six game losing streak is, you know, bitter taste. And these young guys, you know, you need to continue to improve the team, and you know all of that jazz. But the Jets did show enough improvement this year, and all these young guys played a real full season. Or to your point, if they were one and nine, and people want them to lose out, and you understand why at that point also. But I'm against that because. If you go one and fifteen, one and sixteen, two, three, four wins, it's such a lost, horrifying season, and there's not much to take away from it. The players can't possibly all improve too much if you're losing every single week. So the Jets did enough this year where if they do lose this game and move up in the draft a little bit, it's probably more beneficial than winning. I mean, it is literally more beneficial than winning, but you know, at least there's uh, two ways to look at it. If everyone plays well, just another building block. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson has 150 yards, just another notch in his young career, something like that. Sauce has a pick, stuff like that. So, you know, uh, young guys to root for, 
future is bright, but this game on Sunday is going to be absolutely nauseating. Yeah. Skylar Thompson could have been a winning in, man. Oh. Yeah. You will have a, a full week to kind of let that sink in. We'll do another pod after the Miami game, and then we will do a long year-end review pod. Uh, if you did make it this far, please go ahead and hit that like or subscribe button. Um, Mike and I are trying to get more active on YouTube. Mike, I think we're going to post the full pod on YouTube. Why not, right? I yeah, can just throw do it the... up. We'll throw it up. Throw it up. Like uh, Rihanna. Right, I'm throwing it up. And we'll, we'll try to get more active 2023. YouTube, have some more guests on the podcast. Put out some different kind of content. You know, why not, man? Jets, you know, Jets are ascending. We are ascending. Things are exciting. You know, everyone's It's going to be a couple a tough couple of days. It's going to be bittersweet watching the playoffs. Um, but at least we were alive in week 17, which we have not been in many, many years. And things are going to continue to improve for the New York Jets. It's, it's you know, court, plug and play quarterback away. And there's about seven plug and play quarterbacks available this off season. So let's get after it. Yep. And I think one last thing I want to throw out there, Mike, our DMs are always open. So if you are a fan, you want to talk Jets, you can always DM us. I think the biggest thing that I want to take away from this year is that it's not always doom and gloom. There are good things that can happen throughout the year. It's too easy to you know, say, poor me. Don't get off to the misery and being um, upset. Some people, I think, actually root for, in a weird way, these horrific five-game losing streaks to happen so they can like make content or be happy about it. It's, it's not good, right? Things are bad. But... Mike, you know, we are always on that page of, you know, there's better days ahead. Be upset, but let's look forward to a promising top 15 player joining this great, great young roster. Free agency moves, potential trades, because guess what? I've been saying it. I'll keep saying it. When you're a GM going into year five with no playoff appearances, the seat is glaring hot, even though we like a lot of things that he does. Especially in New York. And you gotta you gotta make a move. So if you look at Carr, Garoppolo, Rogers, Lamar, all these people, right? I think it's a given that two of them will be available if you want them. I think there's a there's a path where Rogers and Lamar Jackson are not available, and you can look at a yeah. Carr or Jimmy G. But there will be something at the at the end of the tunnel that Joe Douglas will have to make a move on. Yeah, and just have the assets to make it happen. And the Jets are one of the more, I would say, uh, you know, enticing places to play for these guys if it comes down to that. I think that Sal and Douglas have done a good job changing over the culture. The Jets are not a laughing stock. And, you know, New York, that defense, those young offensive skill guys and AVT. All right. Let's run it. Well, Mike, it was a pleasure as always. Any last minute thoughts for the pod or for you two? Yeah, look, happy New Year to everybody. Uh, 2023 is upon us. Another exciting season, another exciting year of our lives. Let's uh, enjoy. Fuck all that nonsense. The Jets 2023, man. Doesn't matter about your family. Doesn't matter your friends, your job. None of that matters. All that matters is that the Jets are going to make the playoffs in 2023. I like it. That's a good way to look at it. All right, Mike. It was good talking to you, buddy. Drive safe. I'm not driving. Don't worry. (laughs) <laughs> All right, see you, buddy.